Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Roughed Up Podcast. My name is Wesky and I'm joined today by Matt Box of Beans Armstrong. What's up? Yo, what's up, boss? Ready to do our League of Legends Worlds analysis. Uh, we will be releasing a podcast on NFL bets as usual, but given that we are in world season for League of Legends and we just had one of the most hype weekends in league history, we thought it'd be worth doing a podcast. Hell yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll just go kind of series by series, uh, give some of our thoughts, and then we'll break down the semifinals that are upcoming. So uh, this is all we're going to talk about. So if you tuned in for movies or football or something else, um, time to time to turn off. But uh, with that, with that disclaimer, we'll get started. So the first series, uh, two of the stronger teams, probably the cumulatively the strongest two teams um, of the of of the four series, with Casey Rolster, the number one seed from Korea. Um, you know, illustrious roster of former world champions and uh, upcoming stars faced off against Invictus Gaming from China, the number two seed, uh, who actually had uh, the strongest performance, uh, you know, season to season um, for uh, in the regular season. I think only losing one game in the spring in the summer split, uh, but falling short in five games in the LPL final. And those two went. Uh, went at it in one of the more incredible series in a lot of ways than that I've seen since, I'd say since, since Rocks SKT. Definitely, yeah, a lot of back and forth. Yeah, that or or I guess you could say Samsung's SKT as well um, in the finals of season six. But but this was a uh, quick two zero start for Invictus Gaming. Um, they really on the back of the shy, who is uh, I, I felt like certainly. Um, Certainly in this series, anointed himself the best top laner in the world. Uh, got out to a quick two-game start, and then in game three, one of the more miraculous endings, uh, a base race. The Shy on Fiora, beyond fed, uh, ran it down bot lane while the barren up KT Rolster ran mid, um, and they ended up getting getting the Nexus with just one, one auto left on their own Nexus, which was pretty remarkable, uh, and then it turned into a, a full five-game set, but... Any thoughts on, or what, what What did you think about this series? Yeah, I mean, just going back to that game, it was pretty incredible. Uh, Smeb basically teleporting right in the face of uh, the Shy uh, to get into the uh, opponent's uh, nexus was, yeah, literally, uh, uh, what was it, two autos away from uh, Fiora winning the game solo, basically. Yeah, it's it's one of those that's like split second one way or the other. Every little, it's a reminder about the some of the beauty beauty of this game is that every micro decision counts, and even the very best in the world don't optimize that. I mean, if you look like they like like we said, they could have very easily lost the game, lost the base race, um, if he hadn't teleported. And and he really, you know, if you watch the replay, he actually like doesn't know what to do for about a second or two. He runs towards the shy. As if he's gonna fight him, and then he decides to teleport, and that yeah. made all the difference. He got you know four or five autos off, and you know when it comes down to like split seconds, that makes that makes all the difference. So pretty pretty remarkable game. I thought um, from a player perspective, I thought uh, I thought Yukal looked rather poor. The KT mid laner, um, you know, he was fine, but definitely not uh, to the level that he performed at in the group stage. Um, he looked more pedestrian, I would say. Um, Smeb, I thought, definitely did not have his best series. He really seemed to struggle against the Shy. He had a f- pretty strong game against Duke, but uh, definitely, I thought, got bodied. And, and some of that, you, you know, you can say is the matchup, but um, t- 
to me, those two in particular stood out as not having great series. And if you want to talk about, you know, why one team is advancing and one isn't. Yeah, I, I think this probably just goes into the overarching, like, discussion about, like, why did uh, Korea fail here at Worlds? Um, and I think they they just, they, it, I, I was looking at the photos we had. Um, we went to Korea uh, a couple months ago and watched the elimination, like, relegation match for LCK. And uh, one of the photos had uh, the uh, team comps. Um, and it had Zyra Khan, uh, you know, all, every, everything about this game has relatively stayed the same. There was like the wild mid season patch, uh, with mages bot, but it's basically, um, returned to tank top, you know, tanky CC jungle, um, some kind of utility slash mage mid and a hard carry ADC with, you know, a CC support. And I think KT and uh, and Afrika, they, they just kind of got stuck in that meta and they didn't really know how to innovate. Um, there wasn't really anything that KT did that looked like, oh, they, you know, going from groups to knockout stage, they didn't do anything that was... Uh, you know, what we usually know as like, oh, the Koreans are just really good at, you know, innovating and setting out their opponents. Standard, yeah. Like vision game, you know, wait for wait for mistakes, that kind of gameplay. I think what, what has changed in the meta, uh, because I do think that cops tend to look the same, or at least very similar, uh, which, which by the way has been great. I think there's been better champion diversity in this season than uh, any since I started playing in season five. Um, and, and certainly watching pro pro play, which is even more constricted as far as champions. But the big change, I think, is that the AD carry power has been shifted to the jungle in the mid lane. Um, in, you know, towards like MSI, I think it was very clear that if there are 10 points per roll and a total of 50 points on a team, the AD carry is actually worth like 20 points. And I think that's been pulled back a little bit now. Maybe it's 15, maybe it's, uh, you know, somewhere in that range, but... It is certainly not the overpowered role where one great ADC can carry the game uh, in the same way that we saw at MSI, where it was the double lift, Uzi, Betty, um, uh, Prey, Show, um, where each one of them was basically popping off. And if it wasn't one of them uh, performing, then the team was going to lose. Uh, I think that this tournament has totally flipped that away. So if you look at the teams that are remaining, and the teams that performed in the knockout stage, and, and even, uh, I would say, arguably in the group stage, the teams with the outstanding mid-play in particular, and, and there have been a couple standout junglers, um, I think have looked much, much better. And you've seen, you know, you see, you look down the list of the top top five ADCs, how many of them are still left? I, I think the best ADC left is Reckless, arguably. And he was, I mean, I didn't even name him as one of the standout performers from MSI because he was a, kind of disappointing. But if you look at the For mid-laners... Sure. Uh, you could, you could pay, you know, if you were to say top, top six, top, top seven or eight mid laners coming into the tournament, I think four of them are still standing. I mean, you're looking at perks who perks and caps, clearly the best two from EU, uh, probably better overall than any of the LCK mids. I would think you could make an argument for UCAL being in that class as well, though he didn't perform particularly well in this game. I thought he was very good in the group stage and has, you know, certainly a good body of work, but 
you could also say that you know he's partially boosted by playing with an incredible team. Um, so you got the two best EU mids. You've got the best NA mid. He was the MVP in Jensen. Um, he had kind of a shaky group stage, but you know clearly, you know comparing him to the other two NA teams, um, you know much much better. Um, and then Invictus has Rookie, who I think people are saying is the best mid laner in the world right now. Um, you know, I guess we're we're just excluding Faker from that conversation, but I think it's become a mid jungle game, and all of these teams have strong mid mid lane performances. Uh, totally agree on that. I think in every single series, it has been like yeah, better mid jung wins because like when it's a mismatch, uh, they they have been able to put on you know solo kills uh caps rookie jensen they all picked up solo kills like it was with these like obviously they're playing uh, some relatively broken like no counterplay champions but like they were able to put on in force uh their leads like you know oh good like jensen got 10 cs lead like he didn't roam did nothing uh worthless but like uh in the current meta it looks as though mids can put put in damage and then dumpster the lesser mids yeah definitely i think uh that was one of the things that's been an adjustment watching is watching a mid laner get a, a two kills and actually that is going to snowball into seven or eight or nine kills um in a yeah, way that, that that didn't happen in msi you could see multiple mid laners even when there were people pulling out assassins um or bruisers mid you would get an early kill or two. I mean, we saw Bjergsen, right? He was ahead on on uh, Irelia, one of the most broken champions, and he couldn't carry. And it, it is, I think, very much a state of a power shift from from the bot lane. I think that's where it really was to uh, to the mid and, and jungle um, in some cases, where you you are seeing aggression junglers pay off big time. The, you know, Lee Sin mains uh, for Fnatic and, and Cloud9 are are showing uh, showing quite a lot. And uh, you're not seeing the Sejuani's. You're not seeing the uh, some of the more slow-paced control junglers from from MSI, and certainly not from from last season. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just watching perks go like nine zero on on LeBlanc is like, well, what do you do about this? You lost this game. <laughs> Game yeah. Five, uh, yeah, game five is just like, well, this game's over. <laughs> yeah, I really. It's a deciding game. I really like that one player can hard carry a team in a way that um, I felt like it hasn't been possible in the last couple of seasons where team play was very important and uh, and still is. But at the same time, like if you do pop off, you can hard carry a game. And that's what I felt like with, with G2 in particular, which is our next series against RNG. I didn't feel like anyone on G2 particularly performed exceptionally well, except for perks. And I mean, you even heard uh, in the post game, they were interviewing Wadid and he was saying like, yeah, I am really sorry. <laughs> like, we beat this team, but I played horribly. And I don't know if he played yeah. horribly, but yeah, he got carried. And, and I thought their whole team did. And I felt bad for RNG in some ways because I thought most of their players were fine, except for Xiao, who really didn't perform. And um, and, and I didn't really like MLXG in the last game. He really had a rough time uh, getting going on the Nocturne. He's kind of a feast or famine. Felt like a desperation move to go to him there. Like he's he to me is the coin flip guy. Is like, well, we've thrown our best, you've thrown your best, and we're not confident. So let's throw in this guy who, if he lands heads, he will hard carry the game and dominate the early game. And if it lands tails, he will int, and we will get snowballed out of the game. Yeah, I, I called it during game five. Um, it was uh, MLXG was on Nocturne, and 
second blue buff, he has to pass off to Shao, who's already down, like, two kills. And he was, like, full mana. I was like, dude, like, you can't take away resources from early game Nocturne, because, like, it's not like that thing scales late. So, like, you're really kind of crunching your win conditions. Um, yeah. Shahu seemed uh, either tilted or, like, just not really capable of doing anything against perks, uh, which really helped. I will say that um, perks wasn't the only, like, dominant player. Broxa really played well against uh, Karsa, and I I think it was something they had to do to get rid of uh, Karsa for Game 5 because he had done everything that he had shown everything that he could do, and Broxa was beating him. Talking about Yankos, right? Uh, Yankos, yes. Sorry, okay. sorry. Um, I th it it was just um, the the style that Carsa was doing wasn't enough, and they needed something other than oh well, let's just wait for Uzi to come online, and uh, it just never happened. And I think he got hampered by you know having to pass off farm. Yeah, I think they, I, I will say I think they all looked tilted from game four, which was a. Uh pretty uncharacteristic game for them i thought but even uzi like a couple of his deaths pretty sloppy i thought he played kind of disrespectfully on sivir uh really you know relying heavily on the spell shield and the lantern to get him out and of course uh, famously the uh, you know the ward trick uh g2 just spamming wards on the lantern is is pretty tilting as well just in game to play with but you know you have a couple deaths like that where you expect to be able to spell shield key abilities and uh and then lantern out and and you die um really hurt but that said you know for i think at one point it was like a 12k deficit they they won three team fights and it seemed like uh you know very sort of what i'll say like early to mid 2000s patriots in that like well they're not dead until they are they are walking home in tears because Uzi seemed like he could pop off. And even the last fight, I felt like, well, if if he plays this well, they will win the game. And I thought he, he and he, you know, I'm, you know, he played incredibly uh, for but I would say very poor for his level. In fact, he's, if you watch the last the last team fight, he he runs forward to kill Hyarnan, who has a G.A. And he kills him, pops the GA, and dies. And when you're the only win condition, you know, 400 CS Sivir, like, you cannot run forward to pop someone's GA. That's just not that's just not acceptable. Um, and that yeah. type of thing, doing something like that uncharacteristically, feels to me like like tilt. Um, you've seen, you know, these guys, you've seen Samsung last year, like, in the clutch moments, the teams that are focused and playing well will actually execute incredible sequences of abilities in the right order, in the right, uh, with the right positioning, uh, you know, that if you want to watch that team fight breakdown with, um, Samsung and SKT where they kill Faker, uh, and keep Ruler alive, it is incredible how many, I mean, it's like 50 things in four seconds have to happen exactly right for him to live and kill Faker, and they do it, and, and there, you can tell, you can almost feel how calm they are and, and how well they know exactly what their roles are, and I felt like RNG did not show that, they, they really kind of came apart at the seams after that game four. Yeah, I, I will say um, the handful of games that RNG... I mean, every game, Uzi was up 30 CS at 15 oh, yeah. minutes. It was, and so, like, it, it goes to the point that, like, yeah, you can't just, like, rely on your ADC to be, you know, fed out of his mind. 
and that was their only win condition. It's like a, you know, TL, like, oh, okay. So, like, we are going to lose all lanes except for duffel, double lift. And then, like, you lose games because, like, well, they're just going to dive the, the ADC. And um, it's just not a way to win um, if you want to go all the way. Like, you, you can't just have one way to win. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely felt like the one-dimensional approach. Well, and, and having that one dimension be your, your bot lane instead of your mid lane um, just d- didn't work this tournament. Uh, KT Rolster, certainly, they, you know, talk, going back to that first series we talked about, they played towards Deft and, Deft and Mata, and uh, it didn't work. Um, you know, the top focus with the Shy and, and Rookie with a very, very, I think part of the performance was impressive in that he played well, but part of it was impressive in that, like, they were throwing five bands at him, which is unheard of. There, there is definitely um, the mentality got probably really strong around maybe it maybe wasn't even like nerfs or like patches, but Kaisa was like ultra priority because like oh it can fend for itself, um, and jungler attention was all bot lane. Everyone was like warding bot side. But then, like, the top laners in this series, like, were able to, like, edge themselves out, like, in tank-v-tank matchups. Like, if one tank is stronger than the other tank, like, he's able to, like, walk up and face, like, a a five-man team. Whereas the other guy is, like, on the other side of the map trying to farm and get back in the game. Uh, I I really... I've, I've fallen out of love of, like, avoiding top lane like oh those two will just like slap each other for you know 30 minutes and then we'll see them uh in team fights there were there were several times where like the top laner got ahead and was able to just like appear wherever he wanted and uh definitely in that series too yeah the shy uh, uh smoke let me for sure uh smeb come out Smeb. Wait, no. no. The Shy and Smeb face each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Let Me and... Uh, is, it, who's, is it Wonder? Yeah, Wonder on G2. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, shy, the Shy, pretty absurd. Here are his, his KDAs against Smeb. Game 1, 6-1-8 against 0-3-2. Game 2, 1-1-11 against 1-3-4. Certainly some of this happens because, you know, they're winning, but... Game 3 in the loss, 4-2-3 against 2-5-7 with a more than a flame horizon. And then they put Duke in. He goes 0-1 against Smeb going 3-0-3. And then in, in the decider, uh, 1-3-7 on Scion versus uh, versus uh, Swain. So, yeah, pretty pretty impressive from from the Shy and, and definitely looking forward to, to seeing what he brings to the table in the next series. Uh, let's go to the other side of the bracket, which is uh, started off with NA's final hope. And, and really, this is their final hope every year. And I feel like if you're an NA fan, this is really the team you should be backing. Uh, Cloud9. And they 3-0'd the Afrika Freaks. Uh, eliminating the final Korean team, which is uh, remarkable. We will have a semifinals with no Korean team, which hasn't happened in since Korea has been permitted in the tournament. I think is that right? <laughs> so pretty, yeah. pretty insane, um, and not not a close series. Well, I mean, other than one, the last game, uh, China and Korea weren't invited. So. Right, right, not permitted. Yeah, so um, yeah, this was this was a stomp. They uh, they really in in most aspects of the game controlled the whole series. And I think another example of um, the mid lane and how important it is, uh, Jensen just 
absolutely shitting all over Kuro. And uh, Kuro, like, had the counter pick game one for against the LeBlanc, and he pulls out Cassidy, and he gets absolutely wrecked. And uh, you can't have that. And, you know, Afrika, it's 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 kind of hard to watch. Having seen what this team was in the spring um, and in the spring playoffs, they looked, you know, one of like, they looked to me like one of the three best teams in the world. I, I thought they were every bit as good as, uh, as Kingzone who won the split um, and, and certainly some of the other teams uh, in Korea. And they really, speaking of tilted, they look tilted to me. Everyone there, Keen uh, pulling out the Victor top, um, you know, looked good in lane, very poor in team fights. Uh, the continued Gragas priority, I hate that, um, and it, it did not pay off for them. And then there are bot lane, Tucson and Kramer really underperforming. Uh, you know, losing lane to Sneaky and Zazel, not not impressive, and and certainly not not the type of uh, reliable bot lane that they had been. You know, but again, in the spring when people were saying Tucson is the best support in the world. One of the things that um, you have to look at is the top twenty players that uh, yeah. very respected people. Um, Papa Smithy, Jet, and Deficio. Kobe? Deficio, okay. Um, everyone had Spirit as, like, well, he was top 10 at least, right? Yeah. Or um, he got dumpstered by uh, Spence Garen. Yeah, he, he had uh, six deaths in the final game. Yeah, the uh, the stat that I saw was that, like, Spen on average was up 750 gold at 15 minutes mm. um, yeah. throughout mm. the series. And what what makes it awesome for C9 is that they pulled out uh, Shin Zhao, Graves, and then the Nocturne, yep. which Graves, holy shit, that is a broken I, champion. I've been slamming the table before, since MSI about how good Graves is. And uh, yeah, yeah, competitive it, teams do not seem to like it. It, it, has a, it has a lot of utility, no CC. So that's not yeah. something that, you know, uh, is a part of the um, blueprint for he, a standard meta playing team. His Graves game, he had a six thousand gold edge on Mowgli. Pretty, um, pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, and then sneaky on Lucian, sneaky on lane, getting kills. Uh, you know, doing a lot and really outplaying Kramer, which you would not have guessed that. But Zazel, our our North American Brom one trick, really, really paid off. Played, played very well. Um, definitely one of the stronger laners we've seen in the tournament from the support uh, position. And they didn't, and they did it without Zillion, which really shocked me to pile that, just to pile on. I mean, that, that seemed like an essential part of their comp and wasn't a problem. So it really seems like their, you know, their team is, is very well positioned for this meta, having a, a very strong mid laner who can, who can certainly hold his own and, and potentially car hard carry and a jungler who can play aggressively. So good on them yeah, so, yeah we went through two two korean series where they uh uh wait did uh rng yeah rng pulled out uh, a thresh in an elimination game too so it's like how can you go back to that champion it's like really it is feast or famine that it has like either you get some god hooks early or you're worthless mm -hmm. and can't do anything uh uh, yeah, I, I really didn't like some of the like elimination game champs that some of these uh, you know should win teams picked out too. Yeah, no Nocturne. Yeah, we talked about that one too as an example. Uh, MLXG turned into Nocturne. It's like wow, that is 
that is going to have no value if you cannot put a comp around that and have a strong early game. And it's hard to do those things. I mean, Nocturne works very well when you have the Shen, when you have the Galio, when you have... Um, he worked well with Orn, uh, and they didn't they didn't pull any of those out. So you kind of left him on an island. And if you're going to do that to me, if, if to, to a player like that, give him Lee Sin. Like, give him the mobility to take over the early game. Let him go in, fuck up the other jungler. Like, I mean, we saw what he could do in MSI after he, I think he died twice in the first, like, four minutes, and then he ended up hard carrying the game on that champion. So to me, if, if you if you are feeling that desperate, like, that's that's where you go. Not not even an Italy type. Like, that to me is, like, the type of wild card champion where you cannot get shut down if you are a playmaking jungler. Agreed. Yeah. All right, let's go to the last series, which was uh, EU's Europe's number one seed, Fnatic, taking on... The number three seed from China, EDG, Fnatic, with a pretty smooth 3-1 here. This, this to me, looked like they were clearly the better team um, in a way that the other three series looked more like this team is maybe not as good but has figured out how to play better and is in a better mental state. Um, Fnatic looks as strong as any of these teams to me. They, I think, also have had the easiest run uh, from a group stage perspective, and then also I think they probably drew the weakest team in EDG. I mean, the team that even, like, LPL analysts um, didn't think was a, one of the three best teams in China, but just happened to run the gauntlet um, and then make it through group stage. I mean, uh, planes. But uh, they did they did what they needed to do, 3-1. Uh, Caps looked fine, I thought. Not great. Um, but Reckless looked very good. He carried, and, uh, and Broxa was... Bruxa has been one of the standout junglers, and, and of the four remaining, I think he probably has had the strongest performance. Yeah, I, I think um, other than game two, where uh, Bruxa played Elise, or wait, no, what game did did he play Elise? Who played Elise? I yeah, I think that was that might have been game one. Uh, let me see. Yeah, that was very strange to see the Elise come out. Uh, that was yeah, that right, was game yeah, one, game and one. they they lost yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that and yeah, they they uh the whole comp was a little weird. They just ran back to like you know standard stuff that everyone feels comfortable with, and they they rolled all the other games. Yeah, um, well, and they they uh, scout was able like... to get LeBlanc in game one too, which as we're seeing, if you have the superior mid laner or even just a slight edge, and you get that champion, you can hard carry. Yeah, he went eight zero. And then I don't believe he got it again the rest of the tournament, or the rest of the series. Yeah, I got Galio, came back with Syndra, which he was very good on. Yeah, I thought he he was, of the of the losing four mid laners, the best. Um, he I thought he outperformed Caps. Um, yeah, and then his the last game, his LeBlanc. Oh, no, I'm sorry. His, his Syndra against Caps LeBlanc. Um, actually, he outperformed him there, too. So it's really uh, Haro falling down, Ray falling down. Um, I, I, they seemed disjointed. There was an yeah. awful lot of times where they were like, uh, you know, three people would go one direction and two would go in on a fight. <laughs> it's like, well, you lost that fight there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Okay, let's look. Let's look forward. So we've got four teams left. Semifinals coming up this weekend. Uh, certainly, none of these series could have been predicted to have been on the schedule, and now we've got G two and, and Invictus gaming uh in the first semifinal and cloud nine and Fnatic in the other 
Um, let's take the first. Let's look at the first at the first one. Uh, IG here is. Uh, I think, well, actually, you know what, let's actually pull up the lines. I'm, I'm not sure. I assumed that they were the favorite. They were, I think, the third or fourth favorite coming into the tournament. Um, but that may have shifted given how strong Fnatic has looked. And I will say, I think from what we've seen, Fnatic looks like the strongest team left. Uh, they, to me, look like they have the most uh, calm and collected uh, mindset. As far as their like their, their confidence and the way that they're playing, uh, but IG, I think they have also had a much more difficult run, having beaten KT Rolster and probably come into this match with G2 uh, feeling pretty strong. And in fact, yes, they are two minus two sixty favorites against G2 here. Yeah, I, I would say that Invictus Gaming has to have a lot of confidence. They beat KT, another you know huge favorite coming into the tournament. Uh, the shy and rookie like looking like gods uh game five jackie love appears i don't know where in dicks um, <laughs> a wild KT jackie love has appeared back to the door. yeah that was that was uh yeah like ruler-esque where you you throw out the ult and double kill to win the game yeah um i i would say that's probably a good line maybe maybe not even good enough because like sure g2 um Beat RNG, uh, probably favorites by long shot coming into the tournament, but mm. it wasn't like um, they had to show a lot of um, picks. I, I felt they, like I felt like G two killed. I mean, uh, RNG killed themselves more than G two killed them. Perks was definitely the cleanup crew, uh, picking up all the kills on the blank, but they looked. They did not look like they were in good form versus G2 looking like they were a great team. Right. And I, I think, yeah, Invictus looked incredible um, in their series. It's not like... So they, they smashed the first two games against uh, KT. They smashed the third game too. They I think they just blew it on macro. Right. Didn't they... They had like a lost Baron or something. Yeah. I don't remember. I yeah, remember they, that they, they were winning Baron. game three, and then they got they got smashed game four. But then game five, they they came back and, um, you know, killed KT relatively easily. Yeah, they lost. Where, they lost the Baron, which is how they had they were able to get the final push. Um, but even that fight, I thought, you know, they were talking about how they chased, um, how Invictus uh, chased chased away from tower, and. Uh, like they could have just stayed by their tower and stalled it out and let uh, the shy in the game. Um, so just micro mistakes there. They they probably should have won that game. I think if you run that back, even just the last thirty seconds back, ten times they probably win that seven or eight of the times. Yeah, I think they they had to show more elements of the game, and they were good at a lot of them. Whereas G two seemed like they just ran it back and played the same style, uh, like Wonder on Aatrox. Uh, Wonder Wonder was good. Wonder yeah. is good. Um, however, yeah, the he shy was against Letney versus the shy. Yeah, I think so, that's yeah, gonna be the difference. I think I think uh, IG is probably a, a good favorite here. Yeah, because really, you think about what G what G two won off of. It was strength in the mid lane, strength in the top lane, and those are IG's two strongest lanes. Um, and so, it's hard for me to believe that. Uh, Perks is going to body rookie the same way that he did Jahu. Um, so, 
we'll see. But, uh, you know, separate from those two solo lanes, you know, what do you like there? I, I think Jackie Love uh, certainly seemed to step up and show that his ceiling is quite high, whereas Hjernan was a, you know, very solid utility player. Uh, drawing bands on the Heimerdinger is, is a pretty big deal. Um, but he did not feel like the carry to me in any of these games, whereas Jackie Love is like sort of the insurance policy. Hey, we went even mid, we went even top. We need a guy to make plays um, out of the bot lane. To me, he feels like of the four bot laners in the series, probably the best. Yeah. I, you can't have confidence in an ADC or, you know, just like an entire bot lane who, you know, loses lane over and over again. Uh, obviously, it's Uzi, um, but they had no answer for it. Yeah. So well, the answer like was gonna... the answer was let's not play around these players. Let's do it mid yeah, and top. Yeah, just like let bot die. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, should be a good series. I also like Invictus here, um, but you know, as we've seen, and I think will just be the theme for this year is anything can happen. I, I certainly don't think, you know, uh, RNG was a minus twelve hundred favorite against G two, and Invictus is ninety five percent of RNG on a good day, at least. And they are only mm -hmm. minus 260. So this, to me, feels like a lot of value from a handicapping perspective. Um, so we'll, we'll see on that one. And then the next one is probably the one that I am going to enjoy watching the most, and that's Cloud9 versus Fnatic. NA versus EU. To go to the finals of Worlds seems like, like one of the most unlikely possibilities. I mean, we, we talked about what the odds could have been for something like this to happen. Um, I don't think anyone. I, I literally think I don't think no one has this as they're in their pick'em. Um, and uh, Fnatic is a minus two twenty-five favorite here against Cloud Nine. That that to me feels about right given what we've saw last week. But if you believe in Jensen and you believe that Afrika was actually a good team, then this line maybe should be closer. I think both teams are coming with a lot of confidence and. Every lane seems to have like a, a good answer for each other, and it's just going to be just a, you know, whoever. It, it seems like this should go to game five. Hmm. Um, no real, um, like, who has an advantage here in what lanes? Because, like, I haven't really been impressed with Reckless's play. Um, I, 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 yeah, the other thing about Reckless before we move on from him is, like, his play, yeah, he has been fine. He's had a couple of big games, but he's not been hard-carrying every game. But he also has a very limited champ pool. Um, this is not a guy that's going to pop on to Lucian. I don't think I've ever seen him play Lucian. And I think it's got to be a limiting factor if you're just going to... Oh, they banned Kaisa and Zaya. Well, here I go back onto Sivir duty. Hopefully yeah, we can stall the game out for like... 35 yeah. minutes. Like That... I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a dated pool. Like, luckily, some of them have come back into the meta, uh, mm -hmm. right into worlds. But yeah, I do. I never like Sivir picks. It's yeah, like they they start the broadcast every time. It's like, well, you've got the 500 CS win condition. Like, well, that just does not ha hasn't happened in this world. Uh, you know, uh, the Uzi game, game five. Like, he got to that point and and looked like. Oh wow! If he's just playing in the back line, like he might win this game, the even best, though they were so the far behind. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, like I think yeah, Tristana. It's just not those don't really put a lot of confidence. I think there is a little bit of difference in in the jungle, um, 
like Spence Karen is yeah, um TSM fanboy and I'm glad he's doing well. And he, he has had some pop off games. Um but it looks like Broxa is just like working a lot better with his mid laner. Um I I think that's probably the only edge that I see on paper. Broxa was just a boy when Senskarin was racially denigrating entire cultures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it'll be like who, who can get the Lee Sin first is uh, going to win the, the series. Do you think we'll see a Lee Sin ban? That would be special. I don't think so. I think it's going to take one game for someone to pop off on it before someone bans it. And do you? And then what's what's the comeback? I guess it's probably Olaf. Maybe Kha'Zix? We have not seen Kha'Zix. That's so funny. Yeah, like uh, you've got the, the team skins for Kha'Zix and they were hoping that it, it got buffed enough in going into Worlds that like people would want to buy and play Kha'Zix and spam your team emotes uh, on the world stage. Hmm. But yeah, it must have... It just doesn't have enough utility. Yeah, the, uh, whole, the whole reason it was ever played was because of its busted uh, invisibility where you can just go bush to bush and never show on the map. And once they eliminated that, it's uh, it is not the same champion. It's just a stat check champion. Yeah, I, I think if you're gonna go for a wild and crazy pick, you're just going with Nocturne because of his his turn out the lights ability. Mm -hmm. Zin, I think is still uh, is we'll probably see some pick here. I I wouldn't be shocked to see an Evelyn come out, especially if there is. How spicy would it be if? Fnatic pulls puts caps on uh, LeBlanc, and then you see the uh, the old Faker counter Evelyn come in um, as the <laughs> for Cloud Nine. That would be interesting. Um, all right, well this was this was good. I, I'm glad we had a chance to talk through this. Uh, so it sounds like well, do you have a pick for that series? Yeah, I think Fnatic wins. Like I, uh, it would be so exciting to go to Game Five, but I think Fnatic wins three one. I, I think they're just a hair more. Um, under control with um, innovation mm. whereas like Cloud9 kind of feels like they they can uh, get cheesed easily yeah yeah well we'll see I think I think this is this is really going to be a duel of the mid laners to me and uh, if, if Jensen Zillion can come out and have a, a big impact and he can boost his jungler ahead of the Caps Broxa duo, then uh, I think we'll have a pretty good series either way. Um, certainly looking forward to it, and uh, we'll look forward to Yeah, uh, it would be good to uh, see uh, Caps versus a mid laner that's not completely intimidated like Kuro was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, he was against. Uh, who's uh, the no. EDG. Uh, Scout. Yeah, Scout. Scout, no, it's, and I thought actually Scout outplayed Caps most of those games. He was just dragged down. His, uh, yeah, Caps got dumpstered. Three of the four games. Yeah, uh, yeah he I played he some better. yeah ugly Yasuo. Yeah, and Aurelia. They fed on Aurelia in the first game, but got bailed out. Anyways, should be a fun one, and then uh, maybe we'll do this again before the final. I think uh, hopefully we'll get two series as exciting as we did last week. For sure, those were legendary. The Saturday games. Yeah, no kidding. What a what a weekend. All right, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next on episode twenty two NFL. Week 8 picks. Yeah, see you later.